Hello everyone, Annie Gibbons here, CEO of Annie Gibbons Global, the Women's Business Incubator, Life by Design and Women Collaborating Globally. And I just wanted to today give you the backstory of why do I have a burning desire to coach, empower, support, cheer women on globally? Why did I actually create my coaching programs and how did it lead me to loving the Women's Business Incubator that helps women start up, scale up, dominate in business? What is the driving factor uh, that gets me excited to just keep building what I have built over the last decade? And so the backstory is that when I was growing up, I actually uh, totally, totally... Hello everyone, Annie Gibbons here, CEO of Annie Gibbons Global, the Women's Business Incubator, Life by Design and Women Collaborating Globally, plus all the other things that I keep myself busy with. Today, I would love to give you the backstory, the backstory of what drives me to empower women, what makes me think I should be a global women's empowerment coach, and most importantly, why do I believe the secret source is actually by championing women through the Women's Business Incubator. And the backstory is actually quite simple. When I was growing up, I absolutely idolised my two grandmothers. They were born at different sides of the world. One was born in Russia, one in Sydney, Australia. One was born an aristocrat, the other one dirt poor. They were women who just were could not be more diverse if they tried. But I learned some key learnings from them. One that one of them, the one who was born the aristocrat, actually believed that she was entitled to everything. You know, if 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 I if I want it, I can get it. Everything is achievable. And so, although her circumstance changed throughout her life, and she ended up becoming a refugee, driven out in the Bolshevik Revolution to Australia, she had a mindset to dream big and to just act bigger. Right? To just say, I want it. I'm going to go for it. Why not? Everything is achievable. My other grandmother, who was very poor, realised that she wasn't actually going to get anything if she didn't apply herself, have a strategy, work hard, and most importantly, back herself and measure her success on her own terms in her own way. So I'd love to share more about that, and I do in some of my keynotes. But that actually um, really influenced me as I was a young girl. So growing up, I actually then started looking at my career and I wanted to be a businesswoman. I talked about being a businesswoman all the time and I got shot down in flames by mainly my family, but other people who said, no, be a nurse, 
get into hospitality or education, those sorts of careers are going to be great for women because then you could be a good mother, implying that I couldn't be a good mother if I didn't do those careers. So for a variety of reasons, I ended up becoming a nurse and there's nothing wrong with nursing. I was an excellent nurse and I totally admire all of the men and women who are nurses and health professionals. But for me, I always had a desire to do more. I also noticed in the early stages of my career, becoming a nurse, that most of the nurses were women, but the nursing management were men. I then ended up, I ended up doing three degrees, but one of them, when I became an educator, I did a grad dip and then a master's of education. What I noticed then was I was a head teacher of nursing. So yes, a manager, but who were running the colleges, the training colleges, were men. And so I suddenly started realizing, okay, there's a disparity here. According to our research, you know, and the obvious, we're obviously 50% male and female. And in the workforce, actually, the stats are that 51% of women work in paid positions, 49% male. However, only one in five now are women are actually in C-suite positions, CEOs on boards as their chair. And so I'm talking about positions that you can actually make things happen, achieve new things, be influential, be innovative and create change that you value. So I watched this throughout my career, I thought, and I did very well. I ended up going from a registered nurse to a nurse manager to a head teacher to running a national training program for orthopedic surgeons. And then um, I did business qualifications and became a CEO over a decade ago. And so while my journey has been amazing, I'm actually ex an exception to the rule. And I also realized that most women don't actually uh, think that I um, think like I do or are brave enough to actually just launch themselves out of their comfort zone because it is scary. It's scary going to an interview as I have done when 20 men around a board are interviewing me, the only female in the room. It is scary when you're working on big projects and they are 70, 80, 90% male, which was the case when I was with the orthopedic surgeons. It's intimidating uh, to turn up, to show up, to step up into your areas of expertise and we'll call them genius uh, when you're feeling this gender disparity. And so Earlier on, probably about eight years ago when I created my business, it actually started because people started to ask me to be coaching them. And so I started creating programs of how to, um, you know, set up a business, how to um, just be a better leader, leadership skills, communication, and so forth. And it ended up growing into what it is today at adamgibbons.com. And so what I then started to really lean into was, well, how do we change things? The evidence of gender disparity is actually upstream. If you actually look at the models in society, who is in politics, who is in leadership, who are on boards, who are the chair positions, not just at the table, actually positions of senior leadership, who are in um, those uh, positions that they're able to champion a cause, even in the not-for-profit sector, is it charities, not-for-profits in the corporates. And so what I noticed was there was a massive disparity there. So while we've got 50% employment, we actually have more women, and it's been affected even worse during uh, the pandemic, 
taking up paid positions and casual positions. So they're also lowly paid and they're the first to go, which is just not okay because what are they also doing? They're doing the lion's share of raising their family helping to educate their children and keep everything going. So, and this is not anti-male, this is actually the statistics. The statistics are that women in Australia, <clears throat> and this is a survey for from 4 million employees, women in Australia earn on average $28,000 less per year. All right, that's just a national average. All right, so while we have one in five women on as CEOs on this in the and if you look at the AXS, <clears throat> oh my goodness. <clears throat> so I'll give you some statistics that I'm currently looking at in my role as G100 Chair of Equity and Equality. A recent survey by of 4 million Australians actually by the Workplace Gender Equality Agency showed us that yes, we have 51% of the workforce is actually women. However, only one in five of those women are in CEO positions or positions that we'll call C-suite positions of power and influence. And not that that is bossing other people around. They're positions that you can make decisions. They're positions that you can influence change, that you can adopt new innovations, new thinking, collaborate globally on different projects, um, buying powers, business changes, strategy, things that actually change a business, change society moving forward. And so that is instantly not okay. How do you have a 50-50 split of the way we're actually born to be and that not be represented in a position? And then you go down that ladder that, you know, um, And then only 41% are managers. So these are the managers supporting uh, these C-suite positions. And then only one in three positions on a board are female. So while we've actually come a long way from when I first started my career and I used to look at the statistics and go, oh, my gosh, you know, what likelihood do I have to actually become a female leader and a CEO? Uh, so we have actually done some massive changes, but we still have unacceptable situations. For example, 22% of boards only have men. And so we want to have the benefits that come with equality. You know, we know that all of the data suggests that gender-balanced workplaces and society increase your well-being, your bottom line, the image of your brand, uh, your competitiveness, your collaboration, your ability to attract and attain your competitiveness, your ability to attract and retain staff, uh, to, to decrease your And we know that there are so many benefits to actually having a balanced gender represented in business and society, all right? We increase our well-being, our productivity, the bottom line, 
of business where our image and our brand represents society and so it should it increases our competitiveness our ability to communicate to engage to collaborate to basically uh, reduce our costs because we're going to have better uh, less less turnover of staff and better quality of a work environment that then then will result in better business and better supply so if you're looking from a sustainability perspective it's a no-brainer gender equality is worth championing for So then I realised that if I had been this tenacious, ambitious, pushy, pushy young lady in Australia who pushed her way, navigated three degrees around five children, including two sets of twins, by the way, born 26 months apart, it was really hard. And I'm not going to lie to you here. You know, there were days that I cried over it. I felt so frustrated. I was banging my head against the wall going, what is wrong with me? Whereas there actually was nothing wrong with me. It is just so hard and so challenging to be able to be given the same opportunities um, when you're in an unbalanced situation. And so it actually drives me now every day. That's why I launched the Women's Business Incubator. That's why I know that while I look upstream for the evidence of issues, the statistics of how many women are in senior leadership, how many are influencing change, how many are given an, a voice that is listened to and heard and responded to um, and requested at, in key environments. And then I also realised that you've got to then go downstream to affect change for those moving forward. So like I wanted for my grandmothers and I want for myself and my daughters and every other girl in the world, I want them to actually dare to dream that if they want to be a businesswoman, if they want to uh, make something happen, build their own empire, influence change, save the planet, do whatever their hearts desire, that they actually have a framework that supports them to be able to do that. And so by creating the incubator, I realised that you've got to start up at the beginning how do you actually start a business what are all the requirements and that's why i've actually built it in the way it is it's got templates for absolutely everything from the moment you have an idea or even need to entertain ideas to be able to running that run that business up to six figures then once you've got a great framework and you're nurtured and you're supported and most importantly you're confident uh, you can then go into the scale up let's start scaling up above six figures you know because you're instantly once you're over $120,000 you're in the top 20% of the workforce who actually are in that league. So you have done a massive leap, which changes your life and those that you love and live with, right? And so you're then able to scale and scale and grow. They're both different, different business models. We often do them simultaneously. And it's really important that we use all of the opportunities to be able to do that in a global environment. And so that is a dream for me to be able to impart the knowledge and the skills and the attributes that I have naturally and those that I have learnt over my career journey to women around 
around the world. And then the dream is to dominate in business. Why can't we be the women who are leaders of boards, leaders of companies on the ASX list, the Fortune 500 companies? Why can't we be the ones who are at least equal, but even more so, why can't we be the one who is actually running that company? And so for for me, I actually just see it's opportunity. I see like my grandmother, my aristocratic grandmother, who said everything's possible. It's just money. It's just support. It's just time. It's just creating an environment to make things happen. And she's actually right. My other grandmother realised that you have actually can't just sit back and wait for that. You've got to make it happen. You've got to use the situation you're in. So whether you're like me, navigating five children uh, and a crazy busy life, or um, if you've got support, whether you don't have support, whether you've got some financial funding to start or you need to do that um, creatively, uh, everybody has an opportunity to create their own future that they desire. And so that's my heart. That's my heart and soul. That's why I speak at events and conferences. I go on women's business summits. I do. I talk about leadership. I talk about gender empowerment. I'm writing books of that nature. I want to collaborate with women around the world to help them start up, scale up and dominate in business. Because I know that once we start doing that from the grassroots, these statistics will change. We won't be looking at one in five women in CEO roles or on board chair positions. We won't be looking at two thirds of boards being men and some even having no no women represented. Because once we start influencing change and we bring a generation forward that says, that's actually not acceptable. It's not normal, it's not appropriate. And therefore we won't accept it. We will demand that we have equality. And not only equality of positions, we'll be having equal pay, equal rights and support for things that society values, such as families, such as childcare, such as maternity leave and paternity leave and and, uh, even, um, you know, domestic violence leave time out to actually address issues and get support so that we are healthy and well because we are if we are not healthy and well from a personal perspective how can we actually be thriving in a professional perspective so that's the background been fun sharing it with you thank you for those who've asked me I, I often get asked yeah what drives you to do this you know why would you spend your time developing all of these resources I had one of my colleagues say the other day I think you've got 28 ebooks and I'm like I know I just keep every time I get a client who has a new issue I write another resource and add it to a program and that's what it's about I want to know that the girls who look after me now look up to me now I want to know that when I coach women around the world, women and young young ladies and girls, that they will actually be equipped, they will be supported, they'll be empowered to follow their heart, to trust themselves, to back themselves, and that they will have a tribe of women globally who have got their back and are there when no one else supports them and through the hard times and the challenges which will come and also most importantly to be celebrating when they value the achievements that they have they have done in their lifetime
Hello everyone, Annie Gibbons here, G100 Chair for Australia of Equality and Equity. And I just wanted to share with you today uh, <clears throat> Hello everyone, Annie Gibbons here, CEO of the Women's Business Incubator and G100 Australian Chair for Equity and Equality. I wanted to challenge you, challenge you. I want to challenge you today by thinking, do you have a gender equality strategy? Because if you don't have a strategy, how are you actually going to be a champion for change, a champion for equality, a champion for supporting society? to be better, to be thriving, to be vibrant and truly reflective of the population that we actually have. You know, I know we all know. Hello everyone, Annie Gibbons here, G100 Australia Chair for Equity and Equality. And I just wanted to challenge you, challenge. Hello everyone, Annie Gibbons here, G100 Australian Chair for Equity and Equality. I wanted to ask you to ask yourself today, do you have a gender equity and equality strategy? You know, a simple plan that brings all of the critical information together in one place that you abide by. And if you're in a leadership position that other people are working towards, that's what a strategy is, right? And so I wanted to ask you, you know, do you know how to analyze your gender equality situation in your workplace environment? Have you got a design for how you're going to improve that balance? How do you are you implementing that plan? And how are you reviewing that plan? So first of all, we need to actually build a business case for gender equality. You know, why should we actually have gender equality? It's all about improving the wellness of your staff, improving the bottom line, enhancing the organization's external image and brand, uh, improving your 